walk by faith and not by sight. The Christian life is the faith way, the faith life. Galatians 2 verse 20, Paul says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I live by the faith of the Son of God. And so how can we move forward? Well, let's kind of look at what we looked at this morning. Number one, Christ is with us. He is our heavenly father. He, he loves us. He cares about us. And uh, Christ is there. He's not going to leave us an orphan. He, he's going to come to us. And we know that uh, we have the comfort of the spirit that indwells us and empowers us to live the Christian life. And then number two, we are following Jesus. Jesus declares that those who love him would follow his word. And, and uh, we, we've made that choice in our life. We've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And this allows Christ to shine uh, through us. This is how, we, uh, how God is manifest in the, in the world is through shining through us as we follow the Lord. Someone said, where our captain bids us go, tis not ours to murmur, no. He that gives the sword and shield chooses to the battlefield where we are to fight the foe. And so we arise and we go hence following the Lord Jesus Christ and knowing that Christ is with us. So let's continue this text, and let's look at why we can go hence, why we can move forward uh, here this afternoon. Number three, it's God gives us peace. God gives us peace. John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Now notice here that, that we see that the peace that is offered by Christ is not anything that the world could ever give to us. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now this is a, a common benediction uh, among the Jews, the idea of, of to give peace. Let your peace uh, come upon it. Uh, Matthew 10 verse 13 says, and if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return unto you. To, to give one's peace uh, was a common phrase uh, within the Jewish culture. It speaks of the prayer of blessing and peace and happiness upon uh, an individual's life. Now, this scripture, however, has, you know, it's more than just a mere wish of peace. This is indeed a promise of God's peace uh, that he would give to uh, the child of God. And this promise that, that has come from the Lord uh, is the power that he is the peacemaker. He is the provider of that peace. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 15, the Bible says, Having abolished in the flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. God is the, uh, is the giver of peace. God has created this peace, and he gives and offers this peace to the child of God. And it, it is, of course, referring here to the comfort that, that God offers uh, to our lives. And that's why the Bible says that we are to indeed not to be afraid. We are not to be troubled or worried or we're not to be afraid because God offers that peace. And, you know, as we think about 
all that's happening in the world today, I'm glad for the peace of God. I'm glad that I can have the stillness of my soul and confidence in God in uncertain times. Jesus had exhorted them not to be troubled, not to, to be anxious at the things and, uh, that, that would come. And Jesus explained to them why he was about to leave. Jesus explained to them the cross and all that would happen, but he also promised that he would return. And he assured them that the Holy Ghost uh, would comfort them and, and guide them. He comforted the minds of his followers and gave to them that wonderful peace to step out and to trust in him. But the expression re refers also, doubtless, to the peace which is given to all who love the Savior. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, in verse number 14, we think about the peace that God offers to us today in our life and in our battles. The Bible says, for he is our peace, Ephesians 4, 14, who hath made both one and broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in the flesh, again, that enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make in himself a twain one new man, so making peace, as we read, that he might reconcile both unto God in one uh, body by the cross, having slain the enmity there, thereby. Verse 17 says, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. This is the peace, of course, that begins at salvation. You can never know the peace of God and that stillness of soul until you know peace with God. And that is knowing that you are a child of God. You know, the gospel is a message of peace, peace with God. The gospel is that we can have peace with the Lord. And this peace doesn't end with salvation. It continues in salvation. It's the peace of God that helps us each and every day. And it stills our hearts and comforts us. And the Bible teaches us that that peace, that peace ought to rule in our heart. It ought to rule in our heart. Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. Oftentimes in our lives, we allow worries and anxieties and doubts to rule in our hearts. But we ought to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit, your soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think this is a great verse, by the way, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. And it, it really does show us the order of importance when it comes to our lives. It begins with the spirit. Oftentimes we focus more on the physical things and we just ignore the spiritual things. But the Bible says here, and I think this is kind of the order that God wants us to look at our life, spirit, soul, and body. Our spirit, our soul, and our body. And it begins with the spiritual things, and then, of course, our emotions, our heart, and then it goes to our, our physical ailments, our body. And so the Bible says it's the peace of God that, that helps in all of these areas uh, of our life. Philippians 4.9 says this, These things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the peace of God be, uh, shall be with you. The peace of God. And we want the peace of God to be a part of our life. And so in order to move forward, we got to allow that peace of God to rule in our hearts. All right, number four. Number four, and that is the work is done. 
The work is done. John chapter 14. Why can we go forward? Because the work is it's done, it's complete. Look what the Bible says in verse 28. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, ye would rejoice because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Now the object of Jesus here, uh, as it speaks to the fact that my Father is is a greater than I, it's not compared to his nature as God, uh, ranking the Father above the Lord Jesus, but it's speaking of his condition and the role that Jesus pray, uh, played in our salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and we know that Jesus submitted to the work of his Father. And, and so we see here that, that the Lord Jesus submits to uh, his Father in this passage of Scripture, and the Bible says here that we are to rejoice because Jesus said here, I, I leave this state of suffering and humiliation and I resume that glory which I had with the Father before the world was. And, and what does that speak about? What, what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying here that he would go to a cross, that he would die on that cross and that he would finish the work that his father had sent him to do. And over and over uh, again in the Gospels, especially in the Gospel of John, what does Jesus say? He says, I, I've come to finish his work. I, I've come to do the work of him that sent me and to finish his work. And this is Jesus here making this declaration that he will finish the work of his father, that he will redeem humanity by the cross and give to us uh, eternal life. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, the Bible says that we are to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. What does that mean, that Jesus sat down at the right hand of the throne of God? It tells us that Jesus has finished the work. He has completed the work Hebrews 10 verse 12 says, but this man, after he had uh, offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. That's an important truth there, that Jesus died on the cross one time for the sins of all the world. Transubstantiation, big long word there, which the Catholics would use to, to indicate that every time they commit communion, they would crucify Jesus, is not doctrinally correct. It's not Bible. Jesus died on the cross once for all. He became the sacrifice for the sins of the whole world once for all. And the Bible says that he sat down, the Bible says, sat down on the right hand of God. He, he has completed his work. And the Bible says in verse 13, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. And so we see here that Jesus has finished his work. He's in heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God the Father. And the Bible says he's making intercession for us. When we pray, we don't pray to a man. We pray uh, to God through Christ. He, he is our high priest. And we are, we are little priests. And we go directly to God through Christ. And that's a blessing. He is on his throne. He is the ruler of this world. By him, all things consist. He has defeated the very work of the devil. And Christian, listen to me, we can move forward because the work is done. 
We are on the winning side. I read the back of the book. We win this thing. I mean, we are on the winning side, and we don't have to walk through life with our head down, feeling defeated. No, we are victors in Jesus Christ. We are on the winning side. Wherefore, Hebrews 7.25 says, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, him being Jesus, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. And so we are on the winning side. Jesus seated on the right hand of God, making intercession for us to comfort us, to help us. And um, he has bridged the gap between humanity and the holiness of God through his death on the cross and his shed blood. And when we pray, he hears those prayers. What a blessing to know that God hears our prayers and he leads us and guides us uh, and he cares about us. Someone put these words together. They said, how can we face tomorrow? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, we can trust in him because we are a child of the king. Number five, number five, why can we go forward? Well, it's found in verse 28 and verse 30. We don't have to fear. We don't have to fear is the statement I made here. Verse 28, the Bible says, And ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, ye would rejoice, because I said I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Speaking of the fact that we would rejoice because he would finish the work of his Father. He would complete our eternal salvation. And we should rejoice that we can be born again and we can have again a relationship with God. Verse 29 says, and now I told you before it come to pass that when it has come to pass, you might believe. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you for the prince of this world cometh. That's speaking of Lucifer, the devil. And the Bible says, Jesus made this, this statement here and have nothing in me. Now, now, Satan is represented as approaching in this passage as Jesus is being tried in sufferings. Of course, we know that the cross would be uh, very near. Uh, it is commonly supposed that no small part of the pain endured in the Garden of Gethsemane was from the dreadful conflict with that great enemy of man, with that great conflict with Lucifer. In Luke chapter 22 and verse 53, it kind of gives us an idea of that spiritual battle between God and Satan that was taking place. In verse 22, uh, chapter 53, excuse me, chapter 22, verse 53, and when I was daily with you in the temple, he stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour, Jesus said, and the power of darkness. And so we see that this was a spiritual battle, and we know that that the devil desired to kill Jesus. We know that the devil, was, uh, the devil had his work and the work was to destroy the seed of the woman and he was trying to, to, to get rid of Christ, to, to stop that work. I mean, the Bible calls the uh, Judas. We know that uh, it was the devil that entered into Judas. Judas called the man of perdition. There's only one other man in the Bible that's called the man of perdition. That's the Antichrist. And so we know there's demon possession there as, as the devil came into Judas. And it was the work of the devil that the devil was planning and scheming to stop the very redemption of Adam and Eve, the first Adam, trying to stop the second Adam, the work of, of God. And yet I'm grateful that God is much wiser than the devil. 
I'm grateful that we serve a God who is infinitely wise. And it was through death. I can imagine when Jesus said, it is finished on the cross, that the devil rejoiced that he had finally done away with the Savior, the Messiah. But it was through death that would be the final blow to the devil himself. And only God in his wisdom could use death to destroy death in his own death and the shedding of his blood. And so as the devil comes closer and the hour comes closer for the spiritual battle that we would never as finite people ever truly understand, we will never understand. We think the, the horror of the cross was the beating and the nailing to the cross, but it was far more than that. It was Jesus Christ, who was God, who would become sin for all of humanity. And he who knew no sin would bear the very sin of the entire world. All of the murders, all the wicked thoughts, all of the evil schemes was placed upon the Son of God. And in that moment, God the Father turned his own back on his Son. And, and, and that agony, that agony that he went through for, for you and for me cannot be described in human words as God became our sin and the devil, Lucifer, comes and approaches God, Jesus Christ, to do his work, to, to bring about his plan. And the Lord Jesus knew this. And he said, how can we go forward when the devil is here? How can we go forward when the spiritual battle rages all around us? And verse 30 gives us the answer. Jesus said, he hath nothing in me. Let me read you what one commentary said about this phrase. He said, as the principles of Jesus were holy on the side of virtue, the meaning here may be that though he had the natural appetites of man, his virtue was so supreme that Satan had nothing in him which could constitute any danger that he would be led into sin and that there was no fear of the result of the conflict before him. In other words, as Lucifer came to, to scheme his plan, Jesus Christ and in infinite wisdom knew that he would ultimately destroy the work of the devil. And he did not, he did not fear what Lucifer could ever do. And friend, as we are in Christ... I'm not saying today that we should take the devil for granted. I'm not saying that we should be flipping about what he can accomplish and what he can do. He is more wiser than me and more powerful than, than me and you put together. But I'm grateful today that God does not fear what the devil can do. And I'm glad today that we can trust in the Lord. And so we can move forward today in the power of Christ, to know that the devil is a defeated foe. And Jesus understood that. He understood that. We stand in the power of Christ. And then lastly, and I'll be done here this, this afternoon, I believe it's number six, because Jesus said, <laughs> because Jesus said, why should we go forward? All of these reasons I gave are good but I think it really comes down to number six because Jesus said, go forward. He said, go forward. The Bible says in verse 31, but that the world may know that I love the Father and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do arise. Let us go hence. Jesus told us 
to go forward. And all things he obeyed, and he showed that in the face of calamities and persecutions and burdens and temptations, that he was still, he was still going to obey his father. And, and friend, listen to me. Temptations and burdens and troubles and trials are no excuse to disobey God. They are no excuse to disobey God. The, 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 the most, um, I don't even know the word to say, the, you know, the, the most shallow excuse that we could ever give is the devil made me do it. That's the most shallow excuse that we could ever give. Number one, the devil didn't make you do anything. And number two, in Christ, you're a victor. In Christ, you're victorious. The devil can't make you do anything. The problem is we wanted to do it. He just led the way. The reality is that in, in great troubles, we can still be victorious and we can still obey God. We can love God and we can show the world that we love God in obeying him in our life. It's our love for God that determines our fight and forwardness against the enemy. It's our love for God that determines our fight and our forwardness against the enemy. And wherever you are this afternoon in your race, I assure you that there is another step to take. Wherever you are in your race, I assure you there is another step for you to take. Look to Jesus and overcome the obstacles and opposition that stands in your way and say yes to Jesus today and no to self. Follow the Lord and go hence. Arise today and go hence in the power of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for your help and your 